unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Kind of gotten used to saying that. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, 2021, here we are, January. It is January 19th, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, wow, what a year 2020 was. Um, it was uh, definitely a year of transformation, ponderment, advancement, growth. Uh, in many situations, it was a, a time of retreat. A lot of people retreated during this time. So um, thank you for being with us, whether you're here live or on the replay. Thank you very much for spending your Tuesday nights with us. As always, we here Tuesday, every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we come live most of the times either by myself, a solo show, or I bring on a guest or two. And basically our, our situation here is to help you guys take tangible opportunities to implement the strategies that we share with you on the show immediately. So stuff that you could do tonight or tomorrow, you can implement in your life and you can actually just have uh, exponential growth in doing that. So anyways, we appreciate you guys being here for uh, this particular episode. And tonight we're going to be talking about habits right? We're at the beginning of the year and usually we're talking about New Year's resolutions. We're usually talking about goals and things of that nature. And I put a post out on Facebook not too long ago and I asked everybody, how are you doing with your goals and your resolutions this year? And uh, I did uh, I did see uh, a, quite a few comments come back and I also got some private comments, some private comments of people saying, hey, listen, um, I, I just can't get in the habit of doing something. I just can't get in the habit. What do you, ha what do you recommend? What's up, Christina Finch? Good, good to see you. Bonjour. Bonjour. Yes. Great to see you have you here tonight um so i thought i started thinking about it. i'm like well i've got a solo show coming up it's the beginning of the year why not talk about habits um but really first i mean i just want to just say thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for tuning in every tuesday night again whether it's live or on the replay commenting here and of course as always bring your questions bring your engagement this is a conversation between you and i so that we can just get to know each other better and i can support you and what it is that you're doing and you can help me by educating me on what's going on in your life so just that little partnership, that relationship that I bring every week. So um, let's just get right into it. Habits and, um, you know, good habits, bad habits. They're all the same. They're all repetitious things that we have become accustomed to doing in our daily life that we don't sometimes necessarily recognize as being habits. So when you think about your goals and where it is that you're going, you know, habits are a, a byproduct of our comfort zone. And when you think about that, uh, uh, your comfort zone, right? We do it because it's habitual. Oh, habitually, I go and have dessert after dinner. Habitually, I have a cigarette after dinner. Habitually, um, I do this. And when it's when it's when it's time for you to advance in your life and to take your life to the next level, you have to really stop and look at everything that you're doing and ask yourself a simple question: Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? What's up, Scott Goya? Good to see you, brother. Thank you for stopping by. Um, you got to ask yourself: Why am I doing this? And furthermore, you got to ask yourself: Is this serving me? Is this serving me in my best interest of what it is that I'm doing? And like I said. I've had people reaching out saying, Chris, I just can't get in the habit of waking up early. I can't get in the habit of doing this. I can't get a, I know I've got a lot of habits. Um, you know, I can't get in the habit of, of looking at my cell phone every time it beeps. I can't get, I can't get out of the habit. So people are coming to us and coming to me and saying, listen, you know, how do I get out of these habits? Why am I having these habits? 
I want to stop them, but I don't know how. So that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit in this uh, particular episode. Uh, Christina says, uh, uh, I just made some cherry scones. Is that a habit of yours? Is that a, do you want to break that habit, Christina? Um, yeah, Scott's, hey, hey, what's up? Uh, Christina Finch says, I have been staying off my cell phone more. Good for you. Good for you. You have a beautiful daughter and she deserves your attention. I do the same thing. I usually leave my cell phone in, in other places. But admittedly, last week I have been bad about it. I will, I will say I've been bad about it. I have been bad about leaving my phone. So um, good for you for doing that. Uh, I'm just trying to keep up with so many different things. But uh, yeah, Scott Guaya says, I have a lot of habits. Yeah, a lot of good ones. And uh, actually, I don't, I don't know if I have any bad ones. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Darlene says, waiting all day for this. Well, Darlene, this is your this is your opportunity. I would, um, I would ask you guys uh, here, particularly who are watching this right now, um, what is your habit or what is, what is your question about breaking habits? And perhaps we can have a conversation around that. I did have people private message me about this show and saying, Hey, I've got this habit. And I just kind of mentioned them smoking, drinking, eating the usual ones, uh, biting fingernails, um, thinking negatively was another one. Um, uh, and some of them borderline on uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a totally different situation that I am not qualified in diagnosing and treating. But if you think about it in terms of habits, then we can help you break those 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 habits. So let me know here in the comments of uh, of what uh, you potentially might want to know about uh, gluten free. Oh, yeah, I'm gluten free. Yep. I just had a I just had a burger patty and some lettuce and some vegetables. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, let's see. No, let's see. Uh, Christina says, no, I've been baking more stuff I have never made before. Isn't that awesome? Right? Trying new things, breaking and creating new habits, creating new memories. That's great. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, so yeah, speaking of habits, when I was talking with people, um, you know, it's really about where your focus and your vision is. And I know that, uh, I know that for a lot of us, you know, really coming out of 2020, we're realizing that we want to make 2021 a, a much different year. Some of us are looking at it being exponentially different. And some of us are looking at making just steps in the right direction to become the people who we are and, and getting what we deserve. We believe we should get from those efforts. And when I think about my habits, over the years, uh, I've had so many different habits. Um, I've had the habit of drinking too much. Uh, I've had the habit of smoking. I have had the habit of overeating. I have had the habit of playing with my fingernails. One of the things I still do, God's honest truth, is when I'm on the show, for some reason, I will sit here and I will play with my fingernails and I will just sit there and play with them. It's just a habit. It's a nervous habit. When I was thinking about this show, I'm like, okay, do I need to break that habit? Is it causing me any harm? Is it doing anything? It's just nervous energy. And one way I'm going to process that nervous energy is by doing that. So when you think about your habits, they can be something that aren't necessarily harmful or bad for you, but just an opportunity for you to say, okay, that's something I do. And I don't necessarily need to focus on that right at this particular moment. But the habits we want to focus on today are the ones that are not moving you closer in the direction of what it is that you truly want to achieve in your life. That's what <laughs> gluten-free scones. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in just thinking about that, um, just think about that sentence. Think about the sentence. Think about the language. We're going to just jump right into it. Think about the language you're using when you say, I can't, right? Oh, I can't seem to quit smoking. I can't seem to get up on time. I can't seem to quit calling people bad names. I can't seem to quit, you know, uh, leaving my car dirty. I can't seem to quit, um, whatever it might be. 
That's your first line of defense is the language that you're using with yourself. Cause you say, I just can't seem to can't, I just can't. Then guess what? You're telling your subconscious, you're telling your brain, you're telling your body, you're telling your physiology that this isn't going to happen, that you're not willing to step out of that comfort zone and do something different. Now, here's one of, uh, here's one of the quick little suggestions that I have for you as far as habits go. And we're going to get deeper into that in just a minute. But one of the habits I have had um, uh, bestowed upon me is, okay, I'm left-handed, right? So I usually brush my teeth with my left hand. As part of a uh, program where I was trying to figure out how to break habits, this was a long time ago, is I simply said, okay, the habit is for me to pick up my toothbrush because it's in my left hand and it's comfortable and I know how to do it. Okay, how about switching that? It's uncomfortable to do it this way, but how about if I continue to do it for two weeks? If after two weeks of doing it, might it be a little bit more comfortable than when I started, right? So when you think about it in terms of that, something simple. So what I want you guys to do is for the next couple of weeks is do something different. You know, brush your teeth with the opposite hand for two weeks and just sit there and say, you know what? Yeah, it's awkward, but I'm going to get through it. And probably by the end of the two weeks, you're not going to think about it nearly as much as you did with this hand. But what you're going to be doing immediately is you're going to be like, this is weird. This is awkward. I want to go put it back in this, this hand and I'll deal with it later. That is excuse-itis. I'm the no excuses coach. So you're just sitting there saying, I don't feel like doing this right now. I'm going to do this. And that's a clear indication that you need to keep doing this. You need to have an argument with yourself and say, listen, I want to change. I want to develop new pathways, new neural pathways in my body to accept and create change and to embrace change. That's the small step. Uh, I recently have been doing it with driving. I usually drive on my left arm like this. Well, what it's doing is it's pulling on my shoulder and it's pulling on my back. So now I have challenged myself, not forced myself, but challenged myself to drive with my right hand. So it's not so extended. Does it feel uncomfortable? Does it feel awkward? Yeah. But guess what? I'm getting a lot more used to it. And sometimes I find myself doing it and I never even realized I was doing it. But before I was like driving my left hand with my left or right hand and driving my left hand, just thinking about, okay, what if I don't do it? You know, there's that fear of uncertainty. If we try something new, it's going to be awkward. Will I fail? Will it be okay? Do I really want to put myself through this right now? Listen, guys, if you want to really achieve where it is that you want to go and have an unstoppable life full of confidence and full of results and full of happiness and full of impact, you have to be start, you have to start having the mindset of doing what is uncomfortable with the belief and the attitude that this is going to strengthen me. This is going to make me a, a better person. This is going to give me more ammunition to deal with the challenges that I have before me in my life. So we could talk about habits all day long, but let's talk about 2020 and the uncertainty. You had a habit. I got up every day. I brushed my teeth. I put my makeup on. I went down, not me, but you know, I went to, I went to work and I did this and I got my coffee and I went to Starbucks and I had lunch with Judy and I did a, you had a habit of doing everything every day in a certain way because it was comfortable. It was familiar and you knew you would halfway be successful at it. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and then you had to pivot. You had to create new habits. You had to create new routines. You had to create new opportunities for yourself and your family to pivot during a very uh, unprecedented time. So you had to change your habits. You had to pivot. But how about thinking about it this way? How about I want to proactively strengthen my pivoting to be able to, the next time something happens, that I'm not going to lose my shit and retract or, or, or go back into a former personality or first, a former identity that makes me feel comfortable. I'm not going to go back to drinking. I'm not going to go back to smoking because I'm stronger now. That's the situation you need to create for yourself if you truly want that next level success. If you want to stay where you're at and doing that, then fine. Don't change any habits, live your life and be happy with the fact that you're going to be older someday, hopefully. And hopefully you won't look back and say, man, I wish I would have taken more risks. That's one thing I just asked a friend of mine, his dad recently passed away. And, and I said, you know, did you ever talk to him about any regrets or what he wish he would have done with his life? And he says, as a matter of fact, I did. He says, I asked my dad, he goes, he goes, uh, dad, if you had your life to do over differently, what would you do? 
And it wasn't the typical thing you hear me talking about here where the five regrets of the dying, where it's, I didn't achieve that particular potential. It was, a, it was an aspect of that. But what he said was really important. He says, I regret not taking more chances. I regret not going after some of those things that were in front of me that I felt insecure about. I felt, he, he felt um, regret over not pushing himself and changing his routines to adapt to a different lifestyle to see what he might've become, right? That's what we're doing here is we're, we're becoming who it is that we need to become, whether it's in this lifetime or another lifetime. So for me, I look at as if I have a habit, a habit that's not serving me, then I must change it. Right. Thinking about smoking, thinking about drinking, thinking about anything that's unhealthy. If your why in this life, if your why in this life is to live a long, healthy life of impact to your kids, to your grandkids, to your business, to your community, to your nonprofit organizations, whatever it might be, then you need to change your habits if you truly want that as your goal. If I want to live a long life, I can, I got to stop doing these negative things to my body because it's incongruent with my message that message that I'm sending myself. You guys follow that? Um, so yeah, I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm very passionate about this. What's up, Teresa? Good to see you. Uh, Mary Sterling says, good evening, Christopher. Good evening, Mary Sterling. Thank you for sharing your time with us. So again, please ask me questions. I'm doing this off the top of my head. This is raw and unscripted, uh, but I would love to help you guys. And I'm going to be helping out a few people here, uh, in a minute with uh, specific, uh, habits. And, uh, Mary says, step out of your comfort zone. You have to do the uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to hear, uh, situations where you did that, Mary. Uh, Teresa Noel Silcox says, hello, what's up? What's going on in Georgia? Go dogs go dogs. So, you know, for me, um, let's just talk about, let's just talk about that for a second. So people come to me and I say, I can't seem to stop doing this. And I'm like, what's your why? And they say, uh, well, I, why? Cause, cause I know I need to stop. Okay. Think about that language again. I'm going to be talking a lot about language. I know I need to stop. Okay. That doesn't, that's not concrete. I know I need to stop, but it doesn't say when you're going to stop. It doesn't say you've made the commitment to stop. It just says, you know, you need to. So how about rephrasing that? I am committing, I am making a promise to myself to stop on this day because this and that is more important to me, right? Uh, I realize on the surface, that sounds easy, but applying that to a particular addiction, which I had to apply for myself, we know that smoking, if you've ever smoked cigarettes, you know that those are fucking hard to quit. Um, and you know, normally I don't say hard, but I, I, I smoked two packs a day when I quit, when I was like in my twenties and uh, seriously, I was just like, wow, these things have a hook on me, but they did not have a total hook on me. So I sat there and said, okay, and you have to, you have to create it. Like for me, I have to create it like a game. Like you're not going to get over on me. Nobody's going to get over on me. Nothing's going to happen. I'm stronger. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to conquer. You have to have that mindset. You can't have this well, I hope I do it this time, or I think about it this time, or, or maybe, you know, no, you just have to make an, a decision in your mind that you're done, right? We do things in life for two reasons, to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. So again, thinking about what your why is, if you don't know what your why is every single day, then that's your first step is to sit down, pen and paper and write your eulogy, write your eulogy of why it is that you're in this life, make a promise and make a commitment to yourself in that paper that you are going to do whatever it takes to fulfill that legacy. Do not write a legacy that you're not willing to commit to, okay? So when you think about that, when you pass away, who do you want coming to your funeral? Who, who do you want? Uh, what do you want them to say? What do you want? The, man, Christopher was this and he was healthy and he, and he lived to be a, a grandfather and he got to see his, his son raise his kids and, and, and he, he made an impact at their school as a, as a substitute teacher, whatever it might be. For me, that, that legacy means that I have to ask myself a question every single time I get up and do something. And this is another suggestion for you. 
is once you have your legacy, once you have your roadmap to where you are going and you're excited about it, you have to be excited about it. You have to wake up every day and go, wow. Like for me, I wake up every day and I'm like, wow, I get to go impact more people. I get to go share what's in my heart and my soul to go impact people to change their lives. I get to go have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and impact their future forever. I wake up excited. I wake up excited for my eulogy to think, you know, however many years down the road, I'm going to be a grandfather and I'm going to see Jackson. I'm going to, I see it. And I'm going to be playing with the kids. And I'm like, man, I did it. You have to, you have to see that. So first you got to know what your legacy is. You got to know what your, your, your legacy is and figure out your why. And then at that point, um, if it's something important like quitting smoking or something that's super difficult or can be super difficult, here's my next suggestion. This is something I'm going to tell you a story about this true story. Um, I met a guy one time, sounds funny, uh, uh, where I was working, he was a he was a truck driver and we got to talking about cigarettes and everything. And he says, man, I keep trying to beat these things, but I just can't. And again, I said, you know, listen to the language that you're using. You just said, I can't. So guess what? You won't, you won't. That's the simple fact. You, what you say is like computer programming to the universe. If you say, oh, I'll, I always do this. And I never do that. If you say that multiple times, guess what? You are reinforcing that pathway in your brain that says you are not going to do it. No matter what anybody says, you have made up your mind that this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be stubborn. And then unfortunately, one day you're going to regret that. So for me, uh, this guy was sitting there talking about that and he was a super nice guy. And I said, you know, do you mind if I spend a few minutes with you? And he goes, no. And I said, how important is it for you to quit smoking on a scale of one to 10, 10 being best? He said, 10. And I said, why? Again, why? Why? And he says, oh, it's just bad for me. It costs too much money. And I said, why? He goes, oh, you know, the guys at work give me shit. And my wife hates it. And I said, why? And I just kept going. Why? 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 And he's like, and he got down. He's like, you know, I, I don't know if I could go any further. And I said, do you have any kids? He goes, yes. And I said, who do you want to be for your kids? Well, right now I'm a good dad. You know, I said, can you play with them? Can you run around with them? Are you taking cigarette breaks in between times when you're playing and have to make an excuse for it? Are they seeing that? Are they watching you and developing potentially those same bad habits? Do you want that for your kids? Yes or no? No. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how badly do you not want that for your kids? 10. Okay. So you wanna quit smoking 10, you don't want your kids to develop the habit, so what's the problem? There's a disconnect, okay, let's figure this out. And I did this on the fly. So this is another tip for you guys, visualize, visualize. Your mind does not know the difference between real reality and perceived reality. Let me say that again. Your mind doesn't know the difference between real reality and perceived reality. So this is something I have used personally in my life many, many times, I still use it to this day. So I asked the gentleman, I said, can you just have a seat? He goes, yes. And I said, do you mind working with, with, with me for a second? I was like all ballsy. This is years and years ago. And uh, not even really knowing exactly what was going to be the outcome of this, but I just decided to try it in the moment. Just something told me to do it. And I said, okay, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see your, 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 your daughter. How old is your daughter? Four years old. I said, okay, so your daughter's four years old. And I said, can you imagine having a conversation with her maybe when she's eight or nine and saying, hey, listen, what's your daughter's name? Tabitha. And I'm just paraphrasing names and everything. Uh, so just imagine that Tabitha's, you know, not even nine years old. Let's go, let's go like 14. Do you want to see your daughter graduate from high school? Yes or no? He goes, absolutely. And I said, do you want to see your daughter get married? Yes or no? Absolutely. Do you want to see your daughter have children? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. So here we're trying to develop your why. So let's visualize your, yourself having a conversation with your daughter. She's 14, 16 years old, whatever. And you have to tell her that uh, you're not going to see her graduate or walk her down the aisle or be a grandfather because you chose cigarettes over her. 
he was like, what the, he was like, he got mad. He's like, I'm not choosing cigarettes over my daughter and my family. How can you say that? You're a fucking ah. He gets all pissed off. I said, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Okay. So in a sense you are, because if you're saying congruently that you want to be there for your family and that's your number, number one goal on a scale of one to 10, you just said that's absolute. Then there's an incongruency here by you getting upset because I am saying that you're choosing something over somebody else. Okay. I said, do you see that? Mm, he's a little mad because I started catching him on shit. And I said, okay. I said, how does that make you feel having that conversation? And actually now in retrospect, I think about it. I talked to him. I said, do you want to see your daughter um, graduate school? Have a conversation. Do you want to see your daughter get married? Have a conversation. And the final one was, do you want to see, do you want to be a grandfather to your daughter's kids? And through that progression and through that visualization of him having to have that conversation with his daughter. And I said, I want you to see your daughter's face. Is she upset? Is she mad? Is she happy? Does she understand? No, she's mad. She's, she's, she's frustrated. I said, okay, now we have leverage, right? Again, we do things for two reasons, to avoid pain and to gain pleasure. This gentleman wasn't in the mood for dealing with the outcome of quitting cigarettes. He didn't want to deal with the, the after effects. He didn't want to deal with all that other stuff that he was going to have to process, not anybody else necessarily, aside from potentially his bad mood. Uh, what's up, Larry Schneider, rock star. Um, yeah. So by the end of it, by, I mean, it, it, this is, I'm paraphrasing this greatly. It was probably about 30, 45 minutes. Uh, by the time we got done with it, he says, I'm not going to smoke anymore. And I said, why did you just make that decision? He goes, cause you pissed me off. And I said, really? So I'm leveraged. He goes, yeah. He goes, well, kind of, he goes, you made me think about the bigger why. He goes, I really never considered it. I figured, oh, I'll quit next week or I'll, I'll quit at the end of the summer or I'll quit at the end of the baseball season or I'll, I'll quit it at January. You know, we always put something in the future that we could do today. And we were kids. We remember hearing, you know, don't put off tomorrow, what you can do today. So I invited him to sit there and consider that. I said, what would it feel like if you just took that pack of cigarettes in your hand and crumpled them up, threw them in the trash can, went to the store and bought a pack of gum and said, you know what? Every time I have a craving for a cigarette, I'm going to chew a pack of gum and do 20 pushups. I said, do you think possibly over time that you would actually quit cigarettes and actually become stronger and set the example for your kids to follow and actually feel better and achieve your goals? He was just like, dude, who are you and what do you do? And so I just talked to him, explained to him because at that time I was director of operations. So again, visualize, visualize your success, visualize where it is that you're going to go, visualize the obstacles that you're going to achieve. That's what I do in my coaching programs is I sit there and say, okay, what is your goal? And we set out the goal, we set out all the measurables and everything else. But then we talk about what is the potential obstacle for you achieving that goal? What is the potential? Okay. What's the obstacle? Oh, if I go out drinking, I'm going to want a cigarette. I know that when I quit, when I quit smoking, I literally did this. I did not have a big enough. Why? And here's my, why I was somewhere in my twenties and I had a half a pack of cigarettes and, um, I had just gotten the news that my grand, I knew my grandfather was sick. He had lung cancer, but there was a slight possibility he might make it. And I got a phone call saying grandpa's going to you know, pass away tonight. And I sat there and I thought about it. I was at work. Um, there's a lot of logistic things going on. And I was just like, wow. And I said, I asked my mom, I said, how long ago did he quit smoking? And she goes, 25 years ago. I'm like, he quit smoking for 25 years and still died of lung cancer? Yeah. And my mom smoked at the time too. And I thought, you know, is that going to be a little bell for you to go off? It wasn't. Uh, but I tell you what, it was a bell for me. And I, I sat long and hard and I thought in my grandfather's memory and everything else. And I'm like, if he were here giving me one piece of advice right now, the person that I love that mentors me, um, that poured into me, what advice would he give me right now? He would tell me to quit smoking. And so I thought about it and I said, you know what, grandpa, in, in honor of you and in honor of what it is that I want to do in my life, because it was already pissing off my coworkers and it was, it was nasty and it, and it cost money. I quit smoking. I took the pack of cigarettes. I swear to God, I crumpled them up, threw them in the trash can. I had a pack of big red and God's honest truth. I chewed gum for six months. 
I chewed a piece of gum, not the same piece. I constantly had gum in my mouth. I would be eating dinner and have gum stuck down here. Chew my dinner, chew the gum and get over it. Big red. Swear to God, I must've went through hundred packs of big red. It was crazy, but I did it one day at a time, one moment at a time, one situated, one situation at a time. But in doing that, I had to identify what my obstacles were going to be. Partying was going to be a big obstacle. Hanging out with certain people was going to be a big obstacle. So I proactively said, Hey, listen, guys, this is what I've done. I have decided to put my body first and I'm not going to do this anymore. And I realize I am not as strong as I'm going to be later on in life. Um, so I realized I have to remove myself from those situations. Otherwise it's going to be a temptation, right? Temptations. Think about it. You know, people who overeat. I'm like, why do you overeat? Oh, cause it's in the house. I'm like, stop buying it. Well, I buy it for my kids. We'll put it in a different part of the house, you know, lock it up, you know, do something, make some, make some steps to be able to change that situation around for yourself. But again, going back to that visualization and having that why and pushing yourself every step of the way to, to achieve that. Guess what? You will, you will. Now they say that sometimes habits take 27 days to break or 21 days to break. That's bullshit. It takes a lot longer. Trust me. Uh, was it two years ago? I did 75 hard where I committed for 75 days to do two workouts a day, to drink a gallon of water, to do, um, read 10 pages in a personal development book. Uh, no bad food, no booze, no gluten, no shit, no nothing. Um, uh, and it was, it was tremendously challenging, but at the same time, it taught me that you know, in those moments where you want to give up in those moments where you, uh, don't feel like you're strong enough and you don't want to be strong. You're like, you know what? I just, I just don't want to do this right now. I'll do it next year. You know, we always want to give ourselves an excuse. We want to give ourselves an out, but in the 75 hard program, I made a promise. Here's another tip for you guys. So you think about it, it's all leading together. It's all building. It's all making a strong foundation. I made a promise to myself in that situation that I would not give up no matter what that I was not going to sacrifice. I was not going to quit. I was not going to skimp. I was not going to cheat. I was not going to have anything, even to the point of making my son macaroni and cheese, which I love macaroni and cheese, mm -mm -mm, blue box. Yeah. A little extra butter. Numb. Uh, and I made it for him. And normally I always taste it. I didn't even taste it. I didn't even have one. Nobody was around. I could easily had a spoonful. Oh, it tastes so good. Just a little bit. It'll get me through. I, I was like, I made a promise to myself that I would not cheat. I would not quit. I would not stop until I succeeded in those 75 days. Within those 75 days, I was exited out of my corporate position. Did not drink, did not eat, did not do it. I kept going. And my wife was like, oh my God, you know, you're going to, I'm like, no, no. For one simple reason, I made a promise. I made a commitment to me, to me, right? How many times do you make a commitment to yourself, a promise to yourself and keep it? How many times? Really? You'll make a promise to everybody else. Oh, I promise to get this for you. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. And then all of a sudden whose bucket's empty? Yours. Cause you haven't poured back into it. You have not put yourself first. You have not considered what is good for you and you make promises to everybody else, but why not keep your promise to yourself? Right? When you're thinking about the habit that you want to break or the habit that you want to create, you have to get, you have to get nasty with yourself. You have to get mean with yourself. You have to get loving with yourself. You have to get anything that you need to be to shake yourself up out of the position that you're in right now, because what you're in right now is mediocrity, uh, stagnation, uh, settling all those good things. Something that I always call existing versus living. Right. And an existing is sitting in a state of, oh, okay. Playing the someday game or hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to happen. Oh, I hope I win the lottery. I hope this happens. Or, or maybe, you know, this diet will work. You know what? That diet will work if you commit to it a thousand percent and you don't give up after three months. Oh, after three months, I only lost 17 pounds. Ah, I was hoping to hope, lose 40. Okay. Where are your expectations? 
again, when you're thinking about these things, you have to set a clear path. That's why coaching, that's why mentoring, that's why accountability partners are so important because they're going to call you on your shit. If they love you, if they say they love you and they go, oh no, it's okay. You skipped a week or you skipped this, you know, it's okay. You need different people in your life because guess what? I have people in my life that will hold me, that told me to my shit because um, I want that success. I want that. I want that grind. I want somebody to say, hey, listen, Chris, you're fucking up. Hey, Chris, you could be doing this. That's what makes me a better person. Me catching myself, I've gotten a lot better at it, but looking outside, having that person that's going to be coaching you and talking to you about these things is what's going to happen. So I'm not trying to sell coaching services necessarily, but find yourself an accountability partner, find yourself a mentor, find yourself somebody who has been in the situation that you're in right now that you want to change, whether it's you want to create a positive habit or if you want to change a negative habit, find somebody who can mentor you. Of course, in, in AA, uh, in Narcotics Anonymous, everything, we have sponsors and mentors and things of that nature. So maybe find somebody like that. Find somebody, uh, hey, put on Facebook. Has anybody quit smoking? Could you Could you help hold me accountable? You know, whatever it might be, that extra added effort. You have to take extra added effort if you want to break or create a habit. That's the truth. That's what I'm here talking about. Um, and most importantly, when you're really thinking about that habit, I want you to consider why am I doing it? What is the root situation involved in that habit? Because there is a root situation. There's something that probably is stemming from your childhood or stemming from some sort of situation in your life where you made an agreement or you set a belief in your situation that you said, this isn't going to harm me. I'll, I'll, I'll escape this. I'll, it won't, it won't impact me. Um, you know, mostly I'm talking about health stuff and I unfortunately have been on the receiving end of hearing so many people say, Chris, wow. I wish I would never smoked. I wish I would have never drank. I wish I would have never did this. I wish I would have exercised more. I wish I would have ate better. I wish I would have controlled my blood sugar. Uh, I wish I wasn't lazy and, and on 20 medications, you know, to try to keep me going uh, when I still have a lot of life left. You know, that's horrible to hear. That is horrible to hear that somebody has really realized that um, they feel like the end is too late and the end is never too late. No matter where you're at or what it is that you're doing, no matter how old you are, the end is never too late. With technology and everything else, if we're going to live until we're 100 and you're 60 years old right now and you have a bad habit, quit it right now because maybe you, maybe before you were going to live until 90, but maybe you're going to live until 95 and maybe with the technology and everything else, you'll live longer if that's what your goal is. Don't give up on yourself just because you've been unsuccessful this far. I'm coming to you tonight telling you this and sharing this with you because I want you to receive this. I want you to accept and love yourself so much that you say, you know what? I'm not going to put up with my bullshit anymore. I'm not going to put up my bullshit anymore. I'm not going to lie to myself anymore. I mean, think about it. We lie to ourselves expecting ourselves to go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, think about that. Think about that. If your friend was doing something that was hurting them, what would you do? Would you go, oh, that's okay. They'll be fine. Or would you go, hey, you don't need to be doing that. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. But we never do that to ourselves. We never do that to ourselves. I'm going to take a, a break from talking for a second. I'm going to look at what you guys have been talking about. Uh, I get passionate about this, so I'm just breathing fire on you guys. So I hope you're taking notes. Um, Paul Mand, what's up, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you. What's up? What's up? And again, hit me up with your with your, with your your particular uh, you know habits or whatever it is that you might need. Ask me a question of what I can do to help you because that's honestly why I do this show. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not doing it for ratings or anything else. I don't even look at my numbers. I come here every single week to bring you guys absolute strategies that can continue your life in the trajectory that you truly want it to go. So, um, so definitely uh, conversate with me. Let me know what's going on. Uh, I'm going to try to read this. Uh, Mary Sterling says, I have a son that is physically and mentally challenged and one of his diagnoses is terminal as a single parent. My mindset had to change. I don't sit every, I don't sit, have a pity party and I, 
and feel sorry for myself. My mindset was to spend every moment not letting opportunities pass by. I have the most precious gift. I see the world through the eyes of a child. I see the world of no hate, judgment, and innocence of a child. Also, when I started doing my Facebook lives, I am terrified of the camera. Um, Mary, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, my heart goes out to you. I send you big hugs. And I love the fact that through something very uh, obviously traumatic and and, and just uh, emotionally overwhelming to say the least, that you have seen the gift and what is life in the fact that there are moments, these moments, these moments, like right in this moment right now, I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about next week. I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about in this moment, I'm with you guys. Every single moment, that is a blessing and a gift. And I love, Mary, how you said that. The innocence, the world from a child, no hate, no judgment. I mean, the world wouldn't need coaching if we just got out of our own way about judgment. Oh, you know, I've tried something so many times and I'm afraid I'm going to fail again. And my, my friends and my family are just going to think I'm an idiot. Okay. No, your friends and family aren't going to think you're an idiot. Uh, what they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have empathy and sympathy for you and say, wow, you know, but what they're going to have is admiration, uh, and hopefully a little, a little, um, contribution into making sure that you're more successful the next time. But that involves you communicating with them and asking them what it is that you need from them. So thank you for sharing that, Mary. Um, uh, Paul says, uh, your purpose, why was strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, and to carry on the, 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 the story about smoking, um, some of you guys know this and some of you may not, my mom smoked all of her life. And as a little boy, I still remember, I remember the ads on television about stop smoking and smoking kills and all this other stuff. And I remember, you know, getting schooled in school about smoking. And I remember asking my mom all the time, like, mom, will you please quit smoking? You know, it stinks. Da, da, da. Don't tell me what to do with my body. This is my life, you know, da, 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 da. And throughout the years, mom, quit smoking. I quit smoking, you know, trying to get her, you know, got her on the original inhaler thing, you know, to try to get her a nicotine inhaler, tried to do all these things. Um, guess what? It stopped her smoking, uh, spending a lot of time in the hospital, having her leg amputated, uh, having a femoral bypass on her knee twice, having carotid endarthectomies in her neck twice. Um, yeah, from smoking. So she quit smoking while she was in the hospital, but guess what she did after she got out of the hospital? start smoking again, said, Oh, all of this wasn't because of that. It was because I spent time on the freeways in LA and the smog and da, da, da. That's why I have lung cancer. I'm like, okay, okay. Keep telling yourself that story. And it wasn't until about a month before she passed away. And I knew she was, she was having very, very, uh, difficult time breathing. Um, uh, and she said to me, uh, I was at the hospital with her. She was having a cancerous growth removed from her back, um, because her cancer had metastasized. Um, and she said, tell Barbara, it's not worth it. And I and I was, I had my back to her and I, I was like, hmm? and I knew what it was. I was like, oh shit. She just admitted after all, you know, 40 something years, how old I was at the time when she passed. Uh, I turned around and said, mom, what did you say? And she looked down and she kind of said, tell Barbara, it's not worth it. And I said, what? And I wanted her to say it. She goes smoking. And I didn't say anything after that. I didn't say, oh, do you regret? It? I just stopped. And I was like, holy shit for her to get it. And she got it at the end of the game. She got the lesson at the end of the game and her, 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 her final thing was like, I don't want to see somebody else get this. So I'm going to admit this to myself. I'm going to admit this to my son who I never admitted it to. And just to be able to save somebody else's life for them not to have to go through the situation. So again, I have been on the receiving end of so many people talking about their regrets uh, from just simply making a different decision, simply investing in themselves, simply believing themselves, simply getting around the right people, um, simply realizing, you know, the difference between arrogance and ignorance, all the different things I could talk about for hours. 
Um, some people don't get it and they get it at the last end. I know some people right now um, who otherwise should be healthy, but they're not. And, uh, you know, they're at risk of becoming diabetic. Um, and when I was young, I had a diabetic stepfather and I thought, oh, you just take, you know, as long as you take your insulin, you're fine. But no, diabetes leads to a neuropathy, needs to, you know, foot amputations, toe amputations, whatever it might be. And I think about that person, I'm like, wow, what must be going on in your mind to think about that you potentially, your life could just be you know, doing that thing, uh, when you could have actually done something about it. So I want to be serious with you. I want to be deep with you. I want it to really resonate in your soul. What I'm saying to you, because it's the truth. It's the truth. We are here for us for a blip. We are literally here for a blip. I'm, I'm going to be 52 next month. And I think about my life and I think about how fast it has gone and how fast it will go, especially now having a child. So I'm committed to, to being as healthy as I possibly can within reason. Like right now, I'm not eating any gluten, sugar, booze, nothing like that. Drinking nothing but water, working out, doing all those things. I'm not saying that I'm going to do it forever because I do believe in a balance of life. I, I do believe in having fun and rewarding yourself, but I'm going to do it in a, in a different way this time to further extend and expansionate my expansion, expansionate. That's another word. That's a criticism. Um, further prolong my life so that I could be around here with my son, but not at the detriment of being, you know, miserable. Cause I know that sometimes when we think about giving up a, 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 a habit or something like that, especially if it's an enjoyable habit, um, uh, we feel like we're giving up, like we're losing out, like we're not getting something and we may not be getting something in the immediate satisfaction of what it is that we're in in that moment. But again, guys, we have to think about the long term. We have to think about the long game. Where are you going to be in 10 years? How do you want to feel? How do you want to look? How do you want to radiate? You know, as we get older, our body deteriorates a little bit more. Our mind starts to deteriorate a little bit more. So it becomes ever so more important every single day to be taking care of yourself. And it starts with the simple things, hydration, sleep, nutrition, exercise. It blows my mind. People say they're not achieving their dreams. And I talk about just those four quadrants and they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't drink any water. Yeah, I eat fast food. Yeah, I don't have time for exercise. Uh, yeah, and I get a few hours sleep. Are you in the right mindset to, to, to change a habit? No, you're fucking burned out and tired and just going until you bust. That's ridiculous. Let me see what some of these other comments are on going on here. Uh, Darlene says, quit February 2017. Always putting chocolate in my mouth. Ooh, yeah. So you're not putting chocolate in your mouth anymore? Maybe special occasions? No, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, in those situations, maybe I'm not going to put a whole bar of chocolate in my mouth, but maybe once a week, I'm going to have myself a little nice dark, dark chocolate square or something like that. Absolutely. Um, Darlene says, good for you. Robert Brooker in the house. What's up, buddy? Hi, Christopher Scott, Christina, Darlene, Mary, Teresa, Serena, Larry, Paul, me. Hi, me. Hi, me. Hi, me. Oh, man. What? Yeah, I'm already been talking for 40 minutes. That's crazy. I was going to keep this episode short. Uh, powerlifting is one of the most effective methods of building muscle mass. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Darlene says, Hey, thanks for sharing that, Chris. Absolutely. I'm an open book guys. I'm always going to bring you the authenticity, the transparency, uh, zits and all, because I've never had a wart. So I don't say warts and all, but, uh, Mary says, uh, thank you for sharing the valuable information. Absolutely. Robert says aim for six Saturdays and a Sunday. Uh, da, 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 what else we got on here? Um, I would at least taste Jasmine. I'm not going to ask you who Jasmine is. Uh, what's up? Brenda Bale in the house. Thank you, Chris. I promise to me. Yes. Yes. Just, just, just decide, just make that decision right now as you're watching this and think about what promise do I need to make myself? What promise can I make to myself right now and make that promise and keep it and wake up tomorrow, put it on your mirror, put it on your dashboard, put it on your bedside table, whatever it is. I made a promise to myself or I'm making a promise to myself to treat myself with love and integrity and value. I, I, I make it a promise to myself to work out 
four times a week. Don't say seven times a week. If that's not realistic, say, I'm going to make a promise to myself to work out four times a week and then do that. Fulfill that promise. Keep track of it. Have goals set down, have dry erase boards, have something where you can sit there and track and see what your progress is day in and day out. Because ladies and gentlemen, there are 365 days in a year. And so when you think about doing one thing every single day that enhances your, your, your livelihood, enhances your health, enhances your spirituality, enhances anything about the positive aspect of being alive, then guess what? After a year, you're going to have 365 aspects and variations and, and things you've done and committed to, to increase the probability of that happening. Whereas most people, well, I have three goals this year. It's like, really? How about having a small goal every single day, 365 days? Because here's what's going to happen, guys. Once you make that commitment to change whatever habit is that you have, no matter how small, whether it's biting your nails or smoking or eating or drinking or flipping people off, whatever it might be, once you start doing that and you commit to that, just the, just the commitment and the promise in and of itself will send a message to the universe like that person's not fucking around anymore. And then every single day, as you do it, as you get through it, you become stronger. You realize and you realize like, man, I didn't give myself enough credit. And that's what I went through with 75 hard. There were certain days where I was like, oh my God, it would be 11 o'clock at night. I'm ready for bed. I've had a full day coaching, working, sitting in traffic. I have to do my second workout. There's accountability in that. There was nobody around. I could have easily went to bed, but my self accountability said, no, Chris, you made a promise to yourself. I got my shorts on. I got my shoes on. I went out for a 45 minute walk at 11 o'clock at night, got my workout done, went back, laid down, had a great night's sleep. And as soon as I laid down, I said, Chris, I am so proud of you, dude. I'm so proud you just did that. And from that experience of doing 75 hard, I did not decide to do it again, obviously, because um, that's it's, it's, it's challenging. But at the same time, now I catch myself when I'm like, oh, like the other night, I made a promise to do a Facebook or do an Instagram reel. It's a one minute thing or a 30 second thing. I was already in bed, covers on, tired, da, da, da. And I was like, Chris, and I said, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'm like, Chris, you made a promise you were going to do it today. I got up and I did the reel and I went back to sleep and I did it. But guess what? When I woke up in the morning, I was like, man, I kept my promise to myself again. And all those little aspects of life build on your confidence and build on your, your belief system. And then what do you do? You get excited about it. You go help other people. Hey, I did it. Look at everybody who loses weight. Go Google 75 hard. Go look on Instagram. Everybody's touting what they have done and that they couldn't believe they could do it because they didn't believe in themselves. So ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to believe in yourself. I invite you to love and respect and value yourself because if you're putting everybody else first, oh, my husband's important, my, my kids are important, my mother's important, my community's important, all this other stuff, and you're doing that and you think that they're the most important aspect of your life. And if you're 100% normally, like in the best shape and the best everything, if you're only at 60%, what are you giving those people that you love the most? What are you really giving them? Are you giving them your best? Are you giving them the, the absolute, whatever it is that you would want them to have? Or are you giving them a part of it or a piece of it or an aspect of it just so you can do that and maybe get some validation? Stop doing that. Stop doing that, right? Um, it's your life. It's your time. It's your choices. It's your opportunity for really to take control and take ownership for who it is that you are and what it is that you want to become, right? So, if it's not working for you, you have to ask that question. You have to say, listen, why, uh, what, what is it? Is this work? Is it, sorry. I was just thinking about two different things at once. Is this working for me or against me? Is this getting me closer to my stated goals or not? Um, and again, like I said before, get to the root, 
what is it? Is it nervous energy? Is it, is it, is a belief system? Is it, is it a pattern that was set before in your family? If you can get to the root of whatever it is, uh, of it's stress from your job, if it's stress from your relationship, whatever it is, you need to deal with that root. Because if you try to quit the, the habit without dealing with the root, guess what? You're liable to go find another habit. Um, that's why people who go off drugs and alcohol become Jesus followers and start, you know, they go that route or whatever it else it might be. I've seen people quit drinking and become, you know, obsessed with something else because they haven't dealt with the underlying issue. That's what I do as a no excuses coach is I sit there and say, oh, we're going to dig until we figure out what the fuck is pissing you off or upsetting you or causing you anxiety or wherever you built that belief system. We're going to squash that. We're going to give it a different meaning. We're going to give it a different perspective so that you can change your opinion of how it is that you're operating in the world moving forward. Right. Um, so yeah, discipline. Yes. That's the word I'm using angel discipline. You have to have discipline. You have to have discipline. Uh, Darlene says, I'm going to use your words with my two kids out of four, uh, to not wait to the end of the game to get it. Absolutely. Thank you, Darlene. I mean, that means the world to me. As long as you guys walk away from this and you implement it or you share it, you share this episode with somebody that's, that's, that's what makes my heart sing. That's why I'm here every single week doing this with you guys. Um, Darlene says, you're awesome, Chris, believe. Um, and Robert says, and when you are exercising, your body does not, does need a day of rest between resistance training five times. Robert's all on the physical fitness aspect of the conversation. Good job, Robert. We appreciate you. Um, so any questions, any final thoughts that you might want to share with me? Um, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Did I, did I miss anything? Oh, 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 oh. yeah. I kind of mentioned it before. Um, mentors, you know, again, there is so much opportunity in Google and YouTube and Facebook groups and Clubhouse and anything else to connect with other people who have gone through this. There's support groups, overeaters, whatever it is. Oh, I've done that before. Did you do it to your best of ability? Did you, you know, there's so much uh, resources out there that it's, it's ridiculous that if you really want to do something, there's no reason why you can't do it. But again, that's why coaches exist. That's why therapists exist. Um, because we are the people that can get people to do things that they normally wouldn't do. That's why when, uh, people win sports trophies, who's the first person they thank, they usually thank God or they thank their coach. Why? Because their coach pushed them further than they thought they could go themselves. So again, think about that. Get, think about getting an accountability partner. Think about getting a coach because again, if you think you can do it over the next 10 years, oh yeah, I don't need a coach. I can I can figure this thing out and I'll get it done. Um, for me, I wish I would have had a coach years and years and years and years ago. I wouldn't make the investment. I thought I couldn't afford it. I didn't think I was worth it. I thought I could figure it out, blah, 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 blah. If I had that coach and I had spent that money and sacrificed in other situations in my life, other areas of my life, I would be exponentially further along in my process. And that's okay because here I am now and I'm learning these lessons now, but I'm learning them to tell you guys exactly what you guys need to be doing too. So, um. Yes. Final thoughts, everything else. So in summation, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Um, everything I've talked about, uh, we're here for a minute. We have this life to live. We have a life to live, right? Um, existing in life is, is a poor choice in my opinion to do, uh, for long-term. I've never really existed in life. I've had periods where I've existed. And then I've realized in retrospect at that time I was like, wow, you need to get off your ass, Chris. So if this message is resonating with you, if this message is striking something inside of you to change your habits and change your, change your, your the future of your life, then please take that to heart. Please, after you get off of this, this, this uh, show tonight, whenever you're watching it live or afterwards, consider, okay, write down, I got to write my, my eulogy. It's uncomfortable. It's weird. It's awkward, but write it, write it and revise it and keep that in front of you at all times, because that's your roadmap to where it is that you're going. Think about your limiting beliefs. Think about your excuses. Okay. I say, I don't have enough time. So there's 24 hours in a day. How do I figure out how to more time? What is the most important? What is the priority? 
I realize I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you guys, but this is what I'm passionate about is making sure that you walk out of this show ready to go with what it is you want to do in your life. So create your legacy, which is your eulogy, uh, figure out what your why is and get to work and start, start ruling forward in where it is that you're going. Um, so yeah, uh, Darlene says, yep, 5.30 comes early, another work day. Thank you, Darlene, for being here. I'm going to wrap up here as well. Um, Brenda says, never too late, never too late. Absolutely. Teresa says, it doesn't happen overnight, but you can bury yourself uh, up over it, have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's funny, Teresa. Um, people ask me all the time, like, Chris, you know, you talk about being unstoppable. How do you, how do you, how do you, how does somebody become unstoppable? The answer is super simple. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going every single day, every single moment that you possibly can. And, and, and finding those needle movers that are going to get, excite you about being alive and waking up and conquering those goals. Um, so yeah, I'm Christopher Roush. I'm your No Excuses Coach. This is Ron Unscripted. If you have any situations you would love to talk to me about that are personal, of course, reach out to me because you're part of the Ron Unscripted group and you're part of the Misfit Misfits for Life in the Kick-Ass Nation. Um, I will offer, I will spring for you a complimentary coaching call with me, yours truly, no charge to see where you're at, see where it is that you need to go. And if I could give you some advice for you to have a kick-ass 2021, that's what I want to do because that's why I'm here. People have poured into me and I'm pouring into you guys. So we're just going to make the, the, the world a better place for who it is that we are and what we do. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. Please share the show if you are finding value out of it. I would love that as well. I want to give you a special message and share something cool with you. Um, I was recently elected to the board of directors for helphealhumanity.org. I would encourage you to go check that out, helphealhumanity.org. Here, I will put a little uh, gizmo up here. Um, bah, 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 bah. Where is it? Yes. So please go to that website. I am now on the board of directors for helphealhumanity.org. I am now known as the vice president of marketing and communications. And boy, oh boy, you guys have seen Serena Buffalino on my show and my other shows. Um, she has so graciously invited me to be on the board of directors and we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. But right now what we could do is we could really use your help in sponsoring a child. We actually uh, set up schools in Haiti. We're working in Cambodia. We're working all over the, the planet, especially here domestically in the United States. Now I'm part of the USA board. So we're going to be addressing what we call food for humanity. So we're going to be uh, addressing the homeless situation and providing food and networking with our local restaurants to be able to figure out a way we could feed our homeless uh, a little bit better considering the state of the situation where unemployment's running out, people are losing their houses. You know, we all need to band together to be part of the solution. So that's my little PSA message, my little public service announcement message. So please go to helphealhumanity.org and consider sponsoring a child or making a donation there. I would really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you're going to be seeing more stuff from helphealhumanity.org uh, in my involvement with that because I'm super excited. I'm super honored. We've got some amazing stuff coming up here domestically in the United States and all over the world. So I will love your uh, your your uh, support with that. I've been talking all day. Um, I think I told you guys I'm on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, please go over there and find me. Uh, of course, uh, at No Excuses Coach. Clubhouse, if you're on the app or if you haven't seen the app, is amazing. It's all audio-based. I'm sitting there talking all day in these rooms and talking about motivation, inspiration, anything else I could do to help people. So uh, Clubhouse is another area. I've been coaching all day and just having a fun time because why? I know my why. I'm passionate about it. Can you see it? I'm tired, but man, I can sit here and do this all day long because I know my why. I know what's going on. So um, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have a wonderful evening as well. Uh, same here. Good night, Darlene. Congratulations, Christopher. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it, brother. You're always here. Um, thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate it. 
And uh, my very best to you always, Chris. Brendan and I worked for uh, several, several years uh, in my former life as, as a corporate person. So Brenda, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I miss you. Um, and uh, just thank you guys for being here. And again, if you want a free coaching session, hit me up. I'm here for you guys. I love you. Um, and whoa, we got another one here. Uh, wow. Thank you so much for helping the homeless, especially the children. Oh yeah. No, Giovanna. Uh, thank you. No, it's in my heart. I mean, obviously I was homeless before I dug through trash cans. I used to have a guy at Burger King would bring me the uneaten sandwiches that you take back when they have something on them you don't want. Uh, we would just cut off the part that had a bite out of it. And my mom and I, that's where we'd eat sometimes. So I've been there, done that. So yeah, you know, people need to be fed. And I know there's a lot of arguments about, you know, doing this and doing that for the homeless, but Hey, there are soul brothers and sisters. Um, we're all one in the same. So as soon as we help those people up and we lift those people up then perhaps we become a stronger nation together and perhaps we go out and impact the world even on a bigger scale um, and leave the place a better place for who it is than what we do for our kids. So um, thank you so much, Teresa. You are the best too. I love you guys. Uh, let's see. Um, yep, we already got that one. I want to make sure I always get your comments. So I love you guys. Go out and have a fantastic Tuesday. And please, please, please. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. Please, please, just if you don't pray, just say some silent words tonight and just pray for our country here in the United States of America. I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, but I know a lot of people are hurting. I know a lot of people are frustrated. I know a lot of people are at their wits end and they're thinking of drastic situations to try to, to, to solve something, but that never works. That never works. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of peace and unity and, and collaboration and conversation and seeking to understand and, and finding the, the, the bridge that we can, we can find in this divide that we've got going on here in the United States of America. I know I have guys and girls watching all over the world, but again, you know, let's, let's, let's be here for each other and put away all the name calling and everything else that we have going on. And let's really leave the place a better, a better spot for our kids. All right. They deserve it. So I love you guys. I will see you next week, next Tuesday. We have an awesome show. Let me just see who do we have coming up next week. You guys want to know who's coming up next week? Well, you're going to find out now. Um, I should do that. I should do that. Coming up next week. Who do we have next week? Uh, let's see. Next week. Oh, we got Dana Ferrant. Woo-wee. She is a spitfire. She's awesome. Uh, so we're going to have Dana Ferrant on last, next week. Uh, I can't remember exactly what we're talking about, but of course, it's always going to be good shit. So I love you guys. Make sure you tune in. Uh, Thursday night, uh, five o'clock. I got rainbows in real life with Pamela Aubrey. That's my other show. We do that every two weeks in that show. We focus on humanitarian stuff. We focus on nonprofit. We focus on the people who are bringing value and bringing that, that, that those solutions to, uh, uh, our fellow man and women. So that's what we do on rainbows in real life. And then also Friday nights, of course, you know, me five o'clock Pacific standard time on, the unfiltered experience with my brother from another mother, Mr. Scott Goyette. And on that show, we raise difficult issues. We talk about current events. We have special guests on. We dive deep into the root causes of problems. We dive deep into the solutions. We have a great time. We have fun. Uh, last week, we had Sarah Novak on. We were talking about breathing, which is something I didn't really consider much. But man, when you start looking at how you breathe and breathing exercises to control your stress and to reduce inflammation in your body, it's massive. So I'm constantly bringing you guys the value, bringing you guys the goods, no matter what vehicle or opportunity it is. So thank you guys so much. I love you. Have a great evening and uh, 